Today on The Breakdown, it's a $200, $400 cash game with Jesse James Sylvia. That is his actual middle name. I know Jesse James Sylvia finished second to Greg Merson in the main event all those years ago. Called the big all-in with Queen Jack High, by the way. Pretty whack. Uh, Vanessa Salp is very upset about that. Anyway, he plays a pretty, pretty interesting, pretty strange hand against a guy who makes a lot of pretty interesting, pretty strange hands happen. That's Jake Daniels. He's put Jason Kuhn in the blender multiple times on this show. Well, at least we've broken down hands on this show where that happens. He's the jester. He's the joker. He's a midnight toker. It's Jake Daniels, and it's happening right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. All right. Yeah. It's not, it's not a ubiquitous culturally used phrase, but put him in the blender. I've heard that before. What does that mean besides just make things hard for you? It's like a very violent metaphor. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it could be like you put his brain in the blender. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're like, you, messed up, you messed up his brain. That's all you're saying. You're yeah. not saying like I liquefied him <laughs> piece by piece. Well, I mean, that's what you, I mean, that's what the metaphor implies. Well, sure. But, you know, walk the plank implies you're about to die. But, you know, we often use it in ways that aren't. Name a time violent. that you're not saying that person's about to die when you say walk the plank. <laughs> That time when we were, we had that big mutiny on that boat. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, that guy has to walk the plank. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, and then, and then we killed him. <laughs> yeah. So, he to, well, we don't know if he died. We didn't actually like I mean, we see, didn't, we didn't see his last breath. Well, of but course it was, not. the sharks were, they were, they were prevalent. There was a lot of weight tied to him. <laughs> <laughs> when the sharks are moving around so much that the water literally looks like it's boiling. Yeah. Bad for the human in the water with the sharks. Yeah. But I, what I'm saying is we didn't, we can't confirm. No, that's true. And that always happens. Which is the, why there have been no charges, by the way. <laughs> all the spy movies were like, did you get the body? Yeah. Every time they did not get the body, the spy is alive. It's 100%. And that's dumb. Even sometimes that when they do get the body, the spy is alive. Actually, that's true. And uh, not to spoil anything. Don't do it! But in Stranger Things Season 1, early on in the, in the Stranger yeah. Things... By the way, by far the best season of Stranger Things. A really fabulous Oh, good. I'm season. glad I quit after that season then. Um, season 2, pretty darn good, too. Uh, there is a body, but there is also an alive child. Yep. The child is not dead. Yeah, I remember that. And... Uh, it's a little weird. I don't really know how they were supposed to think we were gonna they were gonna pull that off where it's like a foam kid. Yeah. And like everyone's like, oh yeah, that's that's his body, but you know, whatever. It, it worked fine. It's like government technology, you know, yeah. they're like super impressive it looks body really making technology. I mean, I guess they did open a portal to the upside down. So yeah. why not? Right. Why not? Matthew Modine. Yeah, Matthew Modine. <laughs> that's that's what you just say and end the conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of that. Um so yeah, walk the plank, great example. Okay. Of a guy doesn't have to die. We're going to make him walk the plank. Yeah. And then, and then you will him. or won't, Greg, we can't confirm that Greg died. <laughs> right. He might be fine. Yeah. Or parts of him at least may have made it. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Normal times on the, the old poker guy's HQ here. I mean, it's just business as usual. Yeah. It's... We got Jesse Sylvia. We got Jake Daniels. Yeah. We still don't have a true answer to as to who Jake Daniels is or right. what he is in the poker community. We just, I mean, there may be an answer out there, but. The poker guys have not done enough research to know. We, we have talked to um, 
one uh, pro who's played with him. Yeah. Who described him as a sort of a, a spewy amateur. Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah. Um, but this was this was a while ago. In right. fairness, when we talked to the pro, but we but. He gave us his quick hit on, on Jake Daniels, which I think has informed a lot of the way we viewed him. But I will also say his play has informed a lot of the way we viewed him. And this hand also informs a lot of the way we viewed yeah. him. Yeah. Our best guess is he is an amateur who's got a bunch of money and likes yeah. to play poker and takes it seriously. Yes. Um, Isn't terrible by any means. No, he certainly puts people in tough spots and he leans on the side of loose aggressive, Yeah, which I, ju- I said to Jonathan before this because Jake Daniels has recently won like one of the small field high buy-in event things. Yeah, it may have even been just a 10K buy-in, but okay. still. But probably a smallish, smallish field. Yeah. Um, like, he's a lot more likely than other rich guys to win in those small fields if he just takes his aggressive approach versus, like, a very passive rich guy approach. Yeah, I think so. Like, you'd always rather bet on the Queen wins of the world than the, I don't know. Gordon Veos. Gordon Veos. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. The guys Although not, 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 not a good example because, of course, you would bet on Gordon Veo if you were going to bet on one of them in a tournament. Of course you would. Yeah. Of course you would. Uh, but... Once you get down to it, you know, like who's going to win? We're not doing expected value, just like win or nothing. Like, yeah. Quiwin probably wins more tournaments than Gordon Vale with his crazy aggressive That might style, be true. Right? Um, I remember when they, did, when they were actually doing the final table, or before the final table, because it was a November 9 situation back then, with that of Quiwin's year. They ran a bunch of simulations. And while I don't think Quiwin was even the chip leader going into that, I don't think, um, the simulations consistently had him winning more than his fair share because of his style. Huh. Which I thought was pretty interesting. That is very interesting. And, you know, like, if I recall, it was a pretty tough table, I think. I mean, like, yeah. Bayo was there. Johnny Bax was there. The Russian guy who was good was there. That guy was really good, yeah. I can't remember the... the, the there was that British group. kid that you loved, but he was short to start the oh, final. No, that was a different uh, year. That was different. That oh, was, that was uh, a Blumstein year? Yeah, that was Blumstein. Okay. Yeah. The, that British kid, by the way, won the World Series of Poker Europe main like later that year. Jack something. something? Yeah, Jack Spencer? No, but something Close like that. enough. Yeah. Sinclair. Yeah, I bet on him to win it like 20 to 1. It was such a great freaking spot, the main event, but it, yeah. he did not win. Anyway. Was, I'm going to talk a little bit about the solver stuff we're going to do and oh, yeah. uh, how it relates to Discord while I look up who was at Quiwin's final table. Sure. So first of all, uh, this is now becoming sort of business as usual at, with the poker guys where we aren't just doing our normal analysis. We now have a team of solver guys who are part of this podcast. Uh, we have two different guys who are contributing. And the way we do it is we do all the analysis blind to the solver uh, results and, and the solver analysis. But, these, but we send it off to one of our two guys. In this case, it's Wesley Cannon, I believe, who's done a great job so far. And uh, This is so Wesley, we, yeah. So, yeah, we send him off the hand and all the details of it. We do the analysis without having read his report on it. And then once we finish with the analysis, we're actually going to pause the recording, read what he has to say, and then come right back. So for you, it'll be like one second. And, uh, and then tell you what the solver has to say and react to it. Yes. And how does this relate to Discord? Well, we're decided to build a bit more of a Poker Guys community. We know there's thousands of you out there who listen to this podcast or listen to these hands that we're breaking down. We wanted to give you guys a chance to talk with each other and us more about them. And we thought Discord was the perfect place to do it. Yeah. So we have a link in the show notes of this podcast. You have to, it's the only way to get to the Poker Guys channel on Discord is you have to click that or the server or yeah. whatever it is. It's called the server. Yeah, you have to click that to get the invite. But then you just go right on in and you'll see... For each hand is going to have its own separate channel. Yep. And you can click on that, and we will post the video of the hand if there's a video. Um, and we, we might be in there, and certainly, hopefully, a bunch of other people. The two solver guys.
guys, which is Wesley Cannon and also Danny Sprung, yeah. um, might be involved as well. They um, will they will both be posting uh, more complete solver write-ups great. in there. If you if like because we're gonna you know go over the main points that the solver had that may or may or may not have disagreed with us at the end of the show. But if you want to see their entire write-up, because they do the whole hand, they do a really good deep yeah, dive they job they do. with charts and graphs and everything. That's where you can see that, along with more discussion about the hands. Also, just general poker talk. We have a section for that. We're going to do a lot of fun stuff there, announcements, community events, stuff like that. Hopefully, you know, once we can build this community. Yeah, if, and, if, if you guys are interested in Discord and, there's, and you guys really show up there, we'll start showing up there, too. I right. Mean, we'll, we'll, we'll really make it a place where we're all doing stuff. We're hoping for us and our listeners, it's kind of like a... From a poker analytics perspective, like a rising tide lifts all boats type of thing. Like we uh, we all get together. That's a place to talk poker, and we can all kind of help each other get yeah. better. You know, and it'll be fun. Yeah, we're excited for you guys to challenge some of our assumptions to agree with, with all the times we're obviously right. Yeah, uh, and you know, and there are gonna be times as you'll see. I'm sure in this hand, it's what's happened so far. The others, the other hands we've done this with the solver analysis, where the solver clearly disagrees with us on certain things, and sometimes we think, oh, maybe that's right, and sometimes we think, eh. We really don't think that's I still right. wouldn't do it that yeah, way. Like, and, and we have our reasons, which, of course, we, we will explain. Right. So stick around to the end of the show to see what the solver actually had to say, as done by Wesley Cannon. And uh, we'll see how it, it reacts to our thoughts on the hand. Maybe we'll get something way wrong. And that's always the most fun. Anyway, I do have the Kui Win final table here. Oh, great. There were some good players here. There was, uh, you know, check your privilege. There was oh, privilege. my gosh. Griffin Benger was there. Wow. This was the year that, uh, what's his face? Kasuf, yeah. He went, what, two tables, the final yeah. two? Wow. And then Griffin eliminated him on this hand, right? The, the aces versus kings hand. Anyway, yeah. There was him. There was Kenny Hallert, who has oh, yeah. had a lot of success since then, too. Did he make a second final table, or did he just have a big second run? Yeah, he had a big, big second run. A guy who did make a second final table would be Michael Ruan. Back to back. Yeah, who finished fourth in this event. That was really... And then the guy who finished fifth is the Russian or Russian-ish guy (laughs) that you referred to, Wojtek Ruzichka. Yeah, Ruzichka. Yeah. Yeah, that is a pretty impressive final table overall, for sure. It's uh, not an easy final table, that's for sure. Anyway, Jesse Sylvia was not at that final table. No, he was not. He was at the one that Greg Merson won. Who else was at that one? The Arizona kid finished third, the one who Mitch knows. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know. Oh, yeah, Balsinger. Yeah, Jake Balsinger, that's right. Um... I can't really remember. It's been a while now. It has been several years. I do remember the hand, though. Was that the Phil Ivey year? No. No. It was not. That was uh, Darwin Moon. Right. Was the Phil Ivey year. So that was, yeah, the year Cata won. Right. Yeah. Um, I do remember there was a hand as there were 10 left where someone opens under the gun. Jesse Sylvia's roommate at the time. Harrison? Oh, that kid. He opens under the gun with aces. Balsinger flats with ace-king. Like, someone else flats. Merson has queens in the small blind, puts in the three bet. Sylvia's sitting in the big blind with all the chips. Yeah. And decides to put in, like, a big four bet with nine deuce off. Wow. Just like, I, maybe I can just, it's the bubble. Maybe I can just steal the five. Yeah. I can just, like, take advantage of everyone. And then Harrison, or whatever his name is, goes all in with aces, and everyone folds. Merson shows the queens and folds. He's, yeah. so, he's like, I can't show it, I guess. Cause, yeah. So, but he immediately says, I had queens, and I was going with it, but Sylvia... I was going with it against Sylvia, and I would have gone with it against you, but not against both of you. Yeah, you know, which makes sense, right? Did Sylvia have to call it off, or did you? Fold? Oh no, no, no! Sylvia had an easy fold. Okay, <laughs> I don't think even mathematically he had to call it That's off. That's what but, I meant. Yeah, but yeah, but even so, nine deuce in that spot when the guy shoves, he kind of always has aces or kings. Yeah, and probably just aces, maybe. Yeah, maybe he has kings too. Probably you'd have to be getting a pretty damn good price. You'd have to be getting the craziest price. You'd have to be getting like fifteen to one. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. then you're sure. I mean, you could probably do it at six to one comfortably, right? Yeah, but. 
Nine anyway, years. anyway, that's the guy. Maybe he also he also had a hand where he just wrecked somebody's life with Ace Three when the dude had kings and had been playing great and had like all the chips except for Jesse Sylvia who knocked him out on day six or seven. Yeah, whatever it was, yeah, Ace Three against Queens. I remember that they just got into a big preflop raising war back when that that was really hip to do. Yeah, and uh, Jesse got very lucky on that. I've mentioned this a lot. I played with Jesse Sylvia in the main event one year uh, on day two. I'm going to say. Day, yeah, it was day two of the main event, maybe day three of the main event. Oh, it was day three. And uh, he is, as I always say, the nicest guy in poker. I was sort of shocked at how cool and, and fun he was. And he's very good, with. despite these yes. hand examples that we've given that make right. him sound spewy. He's really, really, really good. He really yeah. knows what he's doing, to be super fair. He's good at commentary, too. He's, yes. he's been the color commentator on uh, at least a few shows, and he's done a good job. I've been disappointed that he hasn't gotten more work, actually. He did that uh, with Kara Scott in the original Super Hype Roller Bowl cash game stuff. Yeah, I think he's not... really good. Yeah, I think the issue is uh, for a TV perspective, he doesn't have he doesn't display enough histrionics. He doesn't like freak That's out true. on stuff. They love that when people freak out on He's stuff. He's pretty chill. Yeah, but I really I really like his thoughtfulness with it. But anyway, anyway, here we are. That's Jesse Sylvia. He's uh, got one hundred twenty thousand dollars in front of him in this cash game. Sure, it's a two hundred to four hundred game. So he's super deep, pretty deep. Yeah, three hundred big blinds. Yeah, it's that's pretty, pretty deep. deep. He uh, raises to $1,400 from the small blind with King of Clubs, Deuce of Clubs. Jake Daniels is in the big blind. Should you be raising your small blind against Jake Daniels' big blind when you have a non-premium hand? I think with a suited king, you probably should. It's just good enough that you're beating his range that, yeah. I think you're getting called a lot. Yes. Like, a, like way more than you should be. And even though you're out of position, you're beating his range. You also, as Jesse Sylvia, probably just know you're better than he is. So there's going to be opportunities. You're going to make more money than you probably should against like a great player. Like mm-hmm. a great player, maybe you're limping more. Um, maybe. But that's, that's my initial hit anyways. This just feels like a pretty clear raise, and you really don't mind getting called. Okay. What do you think? I think a lot of the skill advantage is negated by the positional disadvantage. That's fair. So I think w- when there's a player like Daniels who... Is, may not be an elite pro, but will put you in tough spots whenever he has the opportunity. Yeah, maybe it's better to keep the small the pot smaller preflop, in, unless you have a truly truly like quite good hand mm-hmm. in this spot where you're going to be out of position and basically have no fold equity against him. The problem, of course, is if you're not raising enough, then he's going to be able to pick up your frequencies a little bit there, right? And then it'll be easier for him to actually make folds when you do have good hands. I mean, you can raising. just construct a limp three betting range pretty pretty simply to counteract that. Yeah, you can. But, you know, a lot of times he may be checking back, too. And you just if you want to get more money in the pot, you may be forced to raise sometimes. And if you're going to do that, you have to have a fit. You can't only have good hands. That's all. Yeah. I mean, you can have some. I think you can have better hands than this if yeah. you wanted, though. Like yeah. you could have King 10 and King 9 and right. stuff like that, which is obviously better than King Deuce. Yeah. It's to your point. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. I mean, it's, it's a standard thing to do. I'm just wondering if Daniels is a guy that you should limp against with a hand like this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I assume we're not getting a whole lot of folds, but we're just... I mean, the problem, of course, having the deuce means, like, we can't get in the best spots. Where, like, if we have king 10, we can get, you know, a king high board, we can really hurt him. Yeah. And we can't do that now with, you know, we just can't hurt him on a king high board nearly as badly with this. No. But the the pure value of this hand, also the suited nature of it, I think, makes it a perfectly fine race. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah. Just want to explore a little bit. Sure. Daniels has 50,000 as the effective stack in the big blind, and he's got Jack of Diamonds, 10 of Hearts. This is a pretty clear call for everybody, not just Jake Daniels. Yep. Feels so, like the calliest of the calls. Yeah, like three betting would just be because you decided to three bet for no reason. You haven't right? three bet in a really long time. You have barely a blocker, but sort of-ish, and you're like, yeah, I want to just push back a little bit, and if he calls, at least I've got something to work with. Yeah. 
And, uh, of course, there's no folding with this hand. No. Jack 10 off. All right. He calls. Pot's 3.2,000. 3,200. Flop is ace of hearts, king of diamonds, six of clubs. So Sylvia flops the worst middle pair, and Daniels flops a gut shot to Broadway. Yeah. All right. From a, Forget about Jake Daniels for, for a second. Okay. Put yourself in Jesse Sylvia's spot online against an anonymous opponent. What is your overall strategy with this hand? Mm. <sighs> I guess it's to check because of the obvious game theory disaster issues yeah. with it. Not that it's a true game theory disaster spot, right? If our opponent has a pair, they're going to call a worse pair than a king. They're going to call once. any six. They're going to call any the pocket, pocket pair. pairs are not that frequent because they, they didn't three bet pre flop. But like if they have two sevens and they flatted, which is possible. Yeah, two eights maybe. I think um, you're starting to see a lot of yeah. three bets at two I agree. eights. Two fives, two fours, two threes, deuces. They're going to call all those once. Um, but there aren't that many of those compared to all the massive amounts of other hands that are just going to insta-fold and are drawing nearly dead against us. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to check this. Even though, and this is the problem, we have, to have, we have to find a balanced check here, meaning we have to have some check folds here. Because it's so easy to say, well, I check all my medium-strength hands. You know? We yeah. also have to have some hands that we're just giving up on completely and folding. It could be like... Uh... Suited connectors with no backdoor straight yeah. draw and no backdoor flush draw. This is such a good hand to bluff, though, to take one shot at with those kinds of hands, you know. But we have to have some that we just don't do. But I'd much. rather take that shot with yes. with the backdoor straight draw or with the backdoor flush I draw, agree. so at least we can build something in the yeah. future. I think you're right. Um, so, uh, yeah. So if we were going to bet, I would want to... Sorry, if we're going to check this hand, we, as long as we have some check give-ups. But I think this is kind of a perfect hand to check, mostly. It really feels like it. Like King Deuce, even. Like, my gosh. Like, we're, getting, we're losing to a king, we're losing to an ace... It's hard to get action from most of the other hands. Now, this is a hand that will probably call us at least once. Yeah. But we can't, we don't know what this he is, has. This is a time where, when the kicker really matters. Yes. Like, uh, I think king queen is a pretty clear bet. Yeah. Like, you can definitely get value from all the weaker kings. Daniels has those in his range. He has fewer aces than kings pre flop in his range. Yep. So, that's true. So, I think king queen, king jack, and king tenor are like, you should probably be betting those most of the time. Also, we would be looking with king-queen to get two streets of value, however we decide to play the flop, right? Yeah. With king-deuce, it's hard to get two streets of value. Very Really, difficult. really hard. Yeah. Possible to get one street, of course. Two streets, super hard unless Jake's going to get super bluffy. Right. Six-seven is going to call once and fold for the second bet. Almost always. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's just another reason why a king-queen just plays so much better, either as a bet or as a check, with the plan to get two streets. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Jesse loves your thought process. He's going to go ahead and check. Sure he does. As Daniels, do you ever check this hand? You, you flopped the gut shot to Broadway. Um, I guess the, uh, a way to ask that is, do you have fold equity? We have to have some, otherwise Jesse's playing badly. Yes, that's correct. So with the notion that he, even if he's not perfectly balanced, we probably have some fold equity. If we add that to the, the times we make the nuts, which isn't very often, it's like 9% of the time we're going to get there on the turn. Yeah. But that with the fold equity, we could probably make a smallish bet and be profitable. And I think we should, right? Also, because if we hit the queen on the turn, well, now we can bet again, and we can maybe build a pot for, like, something serious, and the story gets, like, a little tough to figure out if you're Jesse, right? Yeah. But if we, like, checking back, and then we rise up on the turn, you know, when a queen comes, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's harder to get value when we're raising turns and rivers instead of going bet, bet, bet. Yeah. So I like betting here for all those reasons, even though I imagine we're not getting a whole lot of faults. Yeah. Another reason to bet that I like is that it makes it easier to play in the future. If Jesse does have a hand that he's going to check give up on and we check back, 
he might take a stab on like a deuce on the turn, and now Absolutely. and now we have those four outs to feeling really good about our hand, and another additional six outs to feeling okay about our hand on the river, which is a lot different than having those outs on the flop. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it starts to become a bit of a sticky situation, whereas we can just avoid that by betting. We also may have pretty good equity against him. Better, you know, like if Jesse has two nines, yeah, he's probably checking this flop. Yeah, you think? Lot. Yeah. Um, but we've got you know queens, jacks, and tens to beat him now. Yeah, and that's pretty sweet. And obviously not just nines, but that could be any pair of any kind, including a six below the nine. I'd expect him to bet the really small stuff, but to deny equity. But nines may be a little too good to bet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just another reason to bet now. Not that we're going to fold out the nines, but like we can build the pot for if we improve. Yeah, I think everything leads to bet. Yeah. That's what he does. Okay. He bets 1.1K into 3.2, so it goes with the small bet, like you said. I kind of like that. I think probably that's a profitable bet, barely. Yeah, I think you're right. So he does. Obviously, Jesse's going to call. Yeah, I mean, that'd be crazy to raise. It'd be crazy to fold. That's what happens. Jesse calls. Jesse calls. He calls his mother, and he says, Mama, I just killed a man. <laughs> Weird that you went with that song. Could come with Jesse's girl. Huh. But Jesse's girl is singing about someone named Jesse. How could he sing that? I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Jesse, what? What do you mean? You wish that you had. You had. You wish you had. There's another girl. guy named Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Why does it have to be a guy? You, you, son of a bitch. I'm talking about the specific situation. I'm not talking in general. I know it's a guy, <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, you've you've wriggled out of this one yeah. once again. Uncancel me. All right. So, Jesse Sylvia does call. Makes lots of sense. Yeah. So does using the link when you sign up for Nitrogen Sports. <sighs> you want to talk about dreamy links in the show notes. Oh, dreamy links. There's that Discord link, but there's also that Nitrogen Sports oh. link. That one takes you to the promised land, my friends. You know, <laughs> you have to go down through, through all of the maze of the internet to find good poker. Not true. It's not true. It's right there. It's on Nitrogen. <laughs> use, sure. the, use the link in the description. When you sign up, that grants you access to the guaranteed overlay Poker Guys tournament that happens the last Sunday of every month. And by guaranteed overlay, I mean guaranteed. If this tournament is happening, which it is as long as they sponsor us, yeah, there's extra money in the prize pool that Nitrogen just throws in there. It's just going to happen because they cap the player pool at a level where they can't possibly meet the guarantee. They're 40% short on the guarantee if they completely fill the player pool where they capped it. It's an absurd business model, and it's great for you. <laughs> they're just throwing money around because they, I don't know. They're like, you know what? We're going to throw money at this problem. That's yeah. what we're going to do. And we love it when, when corporations do that, right? Yeah. And, so they, and they love you because, you know, if you win, they're going to pay you out fast, 90 yeah. minutes or less. They don't mess around with your money. It's Bitcoin only. They also have sports betting, casino games. It's NFL season. They got plenty of bets you can make on the NFL. Yeah. Go get in there. You know, it's fun. Of course, there's other cool stuff you get if you use the link. We did an NFL Survivor pool this year where they've thrown in a bunch of money. Yep. Um, if you use the link and you got in before then, you got to be part of that. And that could happen next year. So could March Madness stuff. That happens pretty much every year. Yep. Other sports-related things. And then, you know, general poker events can happen, too. It's pretty sweet. Nitrogen sports. Maybe she'll come back. Maybe she'll come back. Maybe. <laughs> Jesse's girl. Chelsea's girl. Jesse's is that also a man? Is Chelsea a man too? And because you know, it's unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know of any men named Chelsea, but there probably are some. There's got to be at least one. Yeah, I wish that I had Chelsea's girl. It works, of course, it works. (laughs) All right, got 5.4k in the pot heading to the turn. 
Jake Daniels has Jack 10 off. Jesse Sylvie has King Deuce of Clubs on the Ace King Six Rainbow board with one club. The turn is the second club, and it's also an ace. Mm. This is the third best card, really, that Jesse could see. Uh, third best type of card after a king, a deuce. Yeah. And then the ace of clubs is the that next. That is a, really the next best card. You're yeah. right. It's pretty beautiful. He's now chopping with some of the kings that were beating him. He's going to chop with them by the river a lot of the time if a higher mm. card than a six comes. Yeah. Uh, it makes it a lot less likely that Daniels has an ace. And, of course, he picks up the flush draw just in case Daniels does have an ace or a better king. Yep. Pretty and nice times. Once in a while, he picks up a flush draw. A club comes on the river, and Daniels actually has trip aces, and he wins a big pot. Too. Yep. Like, all these cool things can happen now. All right. So with all of those things being said, this card is great for Jesse. Yeah. Is there an argument for him to lead out of flow? No. Okay. Why Absolutely not? Absolutely not. Because we have all the same problems that we had if we were going to bet the flop, which is what in the world is supposed to call us. Now, it's even worse because we have the flop action, which now says we just want check call. Yeah. So, like, we have something. Right now, and Daniels knows that since why would we check call with nothing? That right. It's really a weird decision out of position when we already had the lead in the hand. That's a good point. Let's remember that later. Okay, yeah. great. Um, thank you. So, uh, so now, like if Daniels has a six and we lead, what in the world were we supposed to have that he can beat with the six that he's going to call? It's hard to come up with anything, right? It's hard to come up with any hands he can call with that aren't ahead of us. Yep. Maybe, maybe we, he has a better king that he can call with, but that's not good for yeah, us. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, we have equity. We have chop outs and we have equity most of the time. But. I, w- I wouldn't want to do this if we had king jack of clubs. I agree. But king jack of clubs at least makes more sense where we can get called by a worse hand sometimes. Yeah. But this hand, I don't know what ha- worse hands we can get called by. Unless, actually, unless Daniel's actually accident, like bet with a, just a club draw on the flop, a backdoor club draw and turn clubs. That's yeah. like it. And come on. Possible. Not likely. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Once again, I think the kicker matters a lot because as you mentioned the King Jack of Clubs, I was starting to think, actually, that's a pretty interesting line with King Jack of Clubs mm-hmm. to actually lead here. Like We have all of those added benefits that Jesse got with King Deuce of Clubs, except that the vast majority of Daniel's kings are worse than ours now, and he's probably checking them back. He is. And an ace is going to call, but is it going to bet anyway if we yeah. check? And we can bet the river, Yeah, maybe even. Certainly if we get there, yeah. the club... And if we don't get there, we might bet the river anyway for all the same reasons. An yeah. ace is going to bet anyway, and a king is maybe going to call. So I actually think king-queen and king-jack of clubs are pretty interesting leads on the turn. That is pretty interesting yeah. now that we're talking more about it. Yeah. Huh. I wonder if the solver will say that. I don't, yeah. know, if, I don't know if we'll get that data or not, but it yeah, would be interesting, will. interesting to know. Um, anyway, but we don't have those hands anyway. We've got right. king-deuce of clubs, and this feels like just a very natural yeah. check. Like, we're never folding. Basically. It's interesting because... I think this happened with one other hand recently. I don't remember what it was, but in modern poker, like talking about kickers feels like old school. Like, you know, like that's how you think in 2006 is you talk about kickers, but sometimes they do still matter. And this mm-hmm. is a case where it does. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very important. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he does not bet because of course, why would you with King Deuce here? Right. Daniels checks back faster than the road runner, you know, <laughs> which was notoriously fast at checking. On turns. If he were if he were to play poker, I'm sure he would be. Once again, it's a he. I thought the Roadrunner was a he. I'm not sure. Stop trying to cancel me all the time. Stop offending half the world every time you speak. I'm pretty sure the reason that you do this <laughs> oh, here it comes. is because on the uh, cancel likeliness index, you are significantly <laughs> higher than me, and you're trying to get me closer to you. I mean, who knows why I do it? And maybe that could be. I mean, I'm not going to dispute that. You would, you would, you would, of course, have to agree that you're higher on that index. A million percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A million percent, just like Antonio Esfandiari 
had that 50,000. That's right. A million percent. The 50,000 was poker. on the table. <laughs> yeah. A million billion percent. Yeah. A hundred, hundred million percent. Yeah, he kept saying that, and then he found it. That must have been a little embarrassing. Anyway. <sighs> to be a staffer, to be one of the staffers who was saying that to yeah. and then have him be like, oh, never mind, it was in my sock. It's, it's like, like an important poker player telling you that you basically fucked up $50,000 of you, his... Yeah, like you or the show is going to have to pay him this yeah. money, and like... I mean, it's really crazy. Yeah. Anyway, he, it's fine. It all worked out. Yeah, it was fine. Anyway, what do you think about Daniel's snap check back with Jack 10? Okay, I think he should be checking. Okay. Um, because I think it's very hard to get folds right now on this card. We could fold a six out. Maybe we could fold a six out, Because yes. we could definitely bet our good kings. Yes. Um, and we would bet our aces, of course. Yeah. Um, but what does it look like Jesse has when he check calls the flop anyway? I guess he could have a six. He could also have pocket pairs greater than the six pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, I think he's more likely to have a king than a six because it's just so much less vulnerable. He might bet a six just for protection. Yeah. If he had two nines, he can have two nines. Sometimes. Is he going to fold two nines, though, if we bet again? I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think he probably has more kings, though, than all these other things anyway. He's probably going to check a king and bet a six yeah. most of the time, like you're saying. Um, most of the pocket pairs he's going to bet probably because there's too many cards between them and the king, which right. are problematic. So I think he's just got a lot of kings here. Okay, so... I guess the, I mean, reputationally, it might not be a good idea to go for a big yeah. bluff as Daniels, but you know, let's forget about that for a okay. second. Sure, he has a lot of kings, but a lot of those are pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And we can reputably rep, I would say, king 10 plus. We can. Let's remember there's another thing that Jesse can have, though. Jesse can have bad aces. He can have bad aces and well, good he, aces. He can have some good aces, but he has a, like, his ace fours of the world are like all playing it like this. They're all checking the flop. Well, maybe yeah. not all. Nice. Like, a lot of them are checking the flop. Like a fair. lot. And then he's married to the hand. That's fair. Um, Daniels could also have an ace himself. It's, it's less likely because he's going to three bet a lot of those pre-flop. But I mean, but yeah, but he's probably, he might be calling with like ace nine and worse. They might have about the same amount of aces as played with yeah. Jesse checking the flop. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm saying it's not a horrible story to bet again. Like you at least have a reasonable okay. amount of value that you can represent. I don't disagree with you. I think if we're committed to winning this pot and we... We bet again with the idea of, like, we're going to have to bomb the river sometimes. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. And yeah. That's going to work a fair amount. But we can't do this all the time is the other thing. Like, we, it is because the hand isn't just in a vacuum, right? Like, we're playing at this table with Jesse on our right and these people who are, who are the best players in the world, and they're all paying attention, and we're going to play with them a lot more, and we've played with them already. And so if we do that with this hand, we have to watch our frequencies is what I'm saying. If we're always bombing everything and always trying to win every hand and putting all our chips behind it, they're going to call us lighter and lighter. Okay, fair enough. But for the sake of frequency and balance, we also do have to bet some of our jack tens on this turn, I think. Well, we need to have some bluffs here, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe we don't have any clubs. Maybe if we had one club, then it's a much better bet because we block some of the continuing range. Um, that's better. I think also we're going to have two clubs a lot here. Like a lot of the time, I think Jesse's going to check, and we may just take a, we may just fire away with any, with all of our range. And yeah. So we're going to have two clubs, and now we turn like some pretty exciting equity for that. And that's a great, that's a great hand to continue. Yeah. Um, I feel like Jack 10 is just like, I mean, it's going to work sometimes, but it feels like we're kind of throwing some overall, throwing expected value into the abyss a little bit. Maybe a little. Here. I don't hate it that much to yeah. bet, but I do think maybe we should have a club instead of not if we're going to choose some Jack 10. Okay. Tens. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Because we're definitely losing, right? We're definitely losing. We're, we'd be trying to... Is the six the six of clubs or is it the... No, it's the ace of clubs, right? It's the six of clubs. Oh, it's the six of clubs. So what clubs is Jesse supposed to have? Yeah. That we'd block anyway. Like having a club doesn't matter. That's much. true. If it was the ace of clubs on there and not the six, then we could attack a little more. Well, maybe, Although, maybe having a club is better for our 
plan to triple barrel sometimes because it's less likely that he gets there if he has one of those pair with club draws. Um, yeah, there's a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot, man. <laughs> so much. I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. we're never winning right now. It feels like we're never winning. I agree. It's incredibly hard to come up with any way that we're winning. Um, this is a hand where, you know, we can check back. We may have as many as 10 outs, though, to, to win. Yeah. Which is not terrible. And the pot is relatively small. It isn't like we have to win every pot. Sure. So that said, if we can pick up this pot a fair amount, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. So I guess the question is, how often does it really work? If we Are we really going to triple barrel this? Is that just the plan, like, a lot? No, I mean, I think probably you shouldn't triple barrel your jack-10s too often. But I think there should be at least one or two combos of jack-10 in your triple barrel range. Okay. Maybe you need a club in that. Well, jack-10 and clubs could be one combo. Yeah. That's, a, that's a perfect combo. You're always going to be double. You're always going to bet that on the turn, I think. And then maybe you pick a different jack-of-clubs-10 yeah. hand yeah. also. Yeah, maybe that. That sounds good. And maybe maybe even you pick all because you're not really going to do that perfectly. Maybe yeah. you're picking all the hands with the jack of clubs in them, but that's it. And yeah. all your other jack tens, you check. So you out. just have four, four jack tens, right? Yeah. And one of them is beautiful with huge yeah. equity. The other ones are like, please fold, right. please. But I do have a, I do have four outs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this one doesn't have a, either of those things. So I guess ultimately we would decide even if we were going to bet some jack tens, not to bet this one. I think so. Yeah. I like the check. I don't know if I... I guess the quick check back makes it look like he's got like a king yeah. when he checks back, right? Sort of. Or a six. Or he looks like he has a pair when he checks back. It makes it very hard for him to have an ace. If he wants to rep an ace, that's kind of <laughs> out the window. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It'd be very... I mean, I guess anything's possible. If he raises the river, suddenly it looks like he has an ace again, right? Or like maybe but, he has aces up on the flop and he didn't want to scare away Jesse like ace six and... Then he does the quick check back. But that's... You do better just betting. Yeah, you do. So you, as, as Jesse, I would pretty much be discounting aces. I'd be yeah. more worried about him having a better king. I think that's right. I yeah. think as Jesse, that's exactly what we're thinking. Like, well, I hope he has a six and not a king. Yeah. You know, there's more sixes out there than kings. Yeah. So that's good. It, that is good. Anyway, check, check. Yep. Still 5.4K in the pot. Okay. The river is the five of hearts. Shouldn't never change anything on this paired board. Really hard to imagine. Unless Jesse has fives full now. You know, that's possible. I guess. Daniels could also have fives full, I guess. Yeah, they both could have it, but neither is very neither rate's very likely to have it. Yeah. All say. right. After this check check on, on the turn, should you go for value as Jesse Sylvia with your king on the river? Your no kicker king, because the board didn't help you against the better kings. You're still losing to all mm-hmm. the better kings. I think we really should. And here's my thought process. Number one, the better kings are gonna bet if we check anyway. Yeah. Like King nine is betting, I think, on the river. Mm-hmm. I really think so, right? Because they would assume that King Jack, King Queen, King X is probably going to bet themselves. Yeah. So King nine can go for like thin. Value. Yeah, I say King nine plus can bet for value. Yeah, and like trying to get called by pocket eights, pocket nine, weaker kings, weaker kings, all that stuff. Um, so that's going to bet anyway. Yeah. Right. So there's very few places where it was going to go check check if he's beating us. And yeah. with a king. Right. So I agree like, with that. So we assume we're paying off that bet anyway. We're not going to fold mm-hmm. if he bets, right? Because he can have other stuff. Because by checking the flop and calling, he's the guy who can have anything, and we're the guy who has something. Yeah. Right? That's what we know. So, we're, so we kind of have to call because he can still, his range is actually wide open here. Yeah. Um, and as I just said, there's more sixes than kings in Jake's range now because we have a king. There's right. only two kings left in the deck. Well, there's three sixes left in the deck. Yeah, and some kings are three bets for Jake. Very few sixes are three bets That's for Jake. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Maybe once in a while Jake had um, air and picks up a five on the river. Here's a question. Is Jake actually calling with a six or a five anyway when we bet the river? I'm not sure. This is problematic. We have a better chance of getting value from those than by betting them by checking. He's right. not going to bet them. 
here's the here's the only reason to check instead of bet then. If we check, does he bluff a lot? Because yeah. if he bluffs a lot, now we're doing way better by checking because it's it's a thin range to get called by. Yeah, but what are his bluffs now? It, it feels like it has if he bluffs, it has to be hand like jack ten or queen ten with no club, right? Because if he had clubs, we'd really expect him to bet that on the turn. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, he doesn't really have those as bluffs. Yeah. Uh, so he just has a random bluff yeah. or he has... He's Jake Daniels. He can have a random bluff. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what we'd be targeting instead. It's a pretty static board, though, and I think mm-hmm. Daniels is aware enough of that to probably not bluff with two... I mean, he probably bluffs with too high of a frequency on that board, but still less of a frequency than on other boards. You would think that he, when he checks back quickly on the turn that he knows he can't get a king to fold. Yes. Right? And so it's like, why would he try? And yeah. if he can't get a king to fold, then he probably can't get two nines to fold. And, if he, you know, and now it's getting tough. Right. right. Maybe you can get a six to fold. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the, the one wrinkle in the ointment is exactly what you said. Fly in the ointment. Wrinkle in, uh, wrinkle in time. Sure. I don't know. Is, is that you have to actually be able to get called by a six and sometimes a five, but mostly a six is what. I am pretty just, worried about that, actually. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we, if we think he's just giving up anyway, maybe that quick check also yeah. wants to think like he's just going to check back all his bluffs and he's not going to bluff. And we, and we remove so many bluffs because the, the clubs would have bet, right? Yeah. So. It's, t- it's really tough for him to have that many bluffs at this point, unless it's just random bluffs, which he could have. But once but, again, it's a static board. Is he really going to take a shot? I don't know. I don't know that he is. I, I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. But then we have to believe he's going to call pretty thin if we bet King Deuce on the river. Right? Yep. And that's... So, so either we think he's going to bluff a little too thin or call a little too thin. Those are the, those are the things we're going... I would guess he's probably going to do both. Well, I think that's, <laughs> so probably, I that's probably too true, but I think it's less thin to call with a six than bluff with random air. Well, let's... I'm not sure if that's true or not. Like, let's talk about it for a second anyway. I guess because Jesse Check called the flop. Yeah, like, okay. So let's spoil what happens. Jesse does bet. All right, Jesse bets 1.8 into 5.4. So he's really trying to say, it's okay to call with a six. Right. So how in the world can a six call when Jesse check calls the flop if we have a six in our hand? How can we call? What are we beating? Yeah. I can't think of anything. And that sizing does not help, by the way. No, it does not. So you, you don't like Jesse betting? I thought I liked it. But now as we're talking about it, I'm just not sure what we're supposed to get called by. Maybe he knows his customer really well. And if he knows his customer really well, that's fair. Like, yeah. And he's the type of guy who would. And Daniels, he does have a bluffy reputation. Maybe we should just see if he has way too many bluffs and just call. I kind of I want to do it. It looks like now, when we check again, it looks like we have a six, and maybe Daniels has a chance to rep the king. Yeah. I think we probably make more money that way, is my guess. That all makes sense to me against Daniels specifically. Yeah. Unless we know, as Jesse Sylvia, that Daniels absolutely is calling us with any pair. Because it went, we went check, call, check, check, and we're betting tiny, and we're giving him the, a great price, and he just can't help himself. And he's a rich guy, and he doesn't care. Well, obviously... That's different. Obviously, Daniels isn't going to fold because we're doing a breakdown on this. Like, this right. is nothing without Daniels putting more chips in the pot. So now people are thinking, like, oh, my God, is Sylvia going to be able to call this raise? That would be a crazy play. Yeah. Well, there's not a raise. There's not a raise. Daniels calls. Daniels calls a jack-10 high here. So I guess Jesse Sylvia knew his customer. Exactly. So, all right, this, this may just be Jesse Sylvia really knowing Jake Daniels with this bet. Daniels calls fast. He calls quickly with Jack 10. So we're going to have to try to figure this out. Okay. But I don't think it's going to come up favorably. I'm, for- not, I'm not believing it's going to work out, but let's really give it the old college try here, okay? What possible reason could Jake Daniels think Jack 10 high is good here? Well, clubs missed. That is not a good <laughs> <No>. reason. <laughs> there was only one club on the flop when Jesse put Yeah, I know. Up. I know you know that. Um, what the only draws that missed? There's no draw that's 
worse. Worse than Jake's. Yeah, Queen Jack, missed. Queen Jack, and Queen Ten both missed, but those are better than Jack Ten. So we need Jesse to have called with like seven, eight of backdoor. Yeah, of backdoor freaking suits. Yeah, of backdoor suit or something. Any of the three suits, but not bet this flop with that hand. Which yes. of course, wouldn't he bet the Ace King Six flop with that hand? You'd think so. I a hundred percent think so. I don't understand. Okay, let's try a little harder because that's the that's the initial obvious hit for us, right? When we see something like this, we're like, "Well, that seems horrible." Yeah, but let's try and go a little deeper, if, if possible. What what what's there? <laughs> it's tough to find. <laughs> I don't really hard to find anything. Like the, it just makes so much sense. Like maybe Jake legitimately forgot what happened on the flop and thought Jesse C bet. Like this is a much better call if Jesse C bet the yes. flop, check the turn, and bet the river. Much better. Yeah. Why would Jake forget that? It happened like a minute ago. I don't know. That's the that's the best excuse okay, I okay. got. That is. I agree. That's the best thing so far. Um, maybe it was one of those like uh, free jack style things where like Emilio Estevez like popped into Jake's body like on the river and like it was Emilio's <laughs> brain and he didn't know what had happened and he's like, uh, I don't know. I call. It's not my money. <laughs> that that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes plenty of sense. <laughs> I mean, this is probably going to be unfair to Jake Daniels, but yeah. I've played poker with many people over my lives when we are talking about hands yeah. at the table, and they consistently get the positions wrong. Yes. They get who bet wrong. They don't understand who had the aggr- aggression at any point in the hand, and they, they just remember a bet went in, and they assume it was some way that they assume it was. This feels very unfair to Yeah, Jake it does. It doesn't seem right. No. I think it's much more likely that... Amila West's brain is now controlling Jake Daniels' body. Now, I don't know what the most likely scenario then is. Somehow he thinks, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't see how he doesn't know that he's the one who bet the flop. It just happened, and he's the one who did it. Yeah. And he's not an idiot. Yep. He may be too aggressive. He may be too spewy, maybe, but he's definitely not an idiot. Like, I, he did just win a big tournament against is it, these guys. Is it a thing that he's just like, I got to keep these pros in line? Like, I'm going to, you know, maybe he saw like one hand once where Jesse like showed down some ridiculous hand in this spot. And so now he like thinks Jesse's capable of it and and weighs Jesse's range way too much to having like seven high or eight high or something like that. And now is like calling with hands that beat the very, very bottom of Jesse's range, but nothing else. Yeah. That would be a way too spewy decision. I, I, we've all been there, I think, in our lives, where it's like, well, I know the bottom of his range is this, and I can beat that exact thing, so I call. And yeah. not thinking about anything else, right? It's supposed to, like, the whole range, and is this a positive play or not for you? Let's assume for a second yeah. that Jesse Sylvia has massive fancy play syndrome, and Jake sure. Daniels is aware of it. So okay. that, that gives Jesse some random bluffs, where he's like, yes, if I play a hand this way, he's never going to be able to put me on a bluff. So it's a great bluff with my four or five that's of spades. That's true. That is true. Not, yeah, that's All right. right. So uh, I don't think that's what's going on, but let's assume that, that okay. Daniels thinks that about Sylvia. Right. If you were to do that, then you say, okay, it's at least reasonable to consider calling with some of my bluff catchers. Yes. I don't think we're high enough in our distribution anyway. Like... We have sixes in our range. We have some fives in our range, probably. Yeah, we've hit the five sometimes. We definitely have kings in our range. We have aces. In, well, we don't really have many No, we aces. don't have any aces. Okay. But we have queen, ten, and queen, jack also if we want to call with unpaired hands. We also have other pocket pairs in our range. We have deuces, trays, and fours Yeah, in our range. I absolutely think so. Like, if we want to call with something, jack ten doesn't block anything. It actually blocks the gut shot that yeah. maybe Jesse's going to be super fancy with. Although right. maybe we think if, he, if he's being super fancy, it almost doesn't matter what his hand is, right? Well, the gut shot... if. The gut shot's more likely than a random super fancy hand, at least. Do you think he bet 
the. I mean, you think you bet any? It's of those still things. more it's likely. Not, yeah. It's still more likely. I will grant you, it is a super fancy. Like, I obviously have to have a good hand so I can bet the river and get you off a million things. Right, but distribution still demands a fold. Of course, we're it still does. too low in our distribution. Of course, it does. Again, if Jesse somehow had a gut shot on the flop, we're at best chopping with it. Yeah. So now Jesse had to do this crazy play. And yeah, we're just calling too much if we're calling with Jack-10. We can call with all our pairs. By the way, then this maybe makes Jesse's bet with the king better again if we're going to call with all our pairs kind of instantly and easily because Jesse, we think Jesse's capable yeah. of this. I don't know that Jesse's really this capable. I mean, he can be super fancy, but I don't think he's like going way out of line very often. I mean, I watched him play in this session. He didn't do anything where I was like, whoa, what the hell, man? There was yeah. none of that. It was just like he was playing normal, really high-quality poker, you know? Yeah, I feel like this was just a, I don't want to let the pro bully me thing, maybe. Yep. It's weird that he called so fast, too, with Jack High. I just don't, I just don't know what that is. Okay, is it possible? He doesn't even turn his hand over, right? Because I was going to say, yeah. one reason to do it is you call quickly, and then you turn your hand over, and everyone's like, oh, my God, don't ever bluff Jake Daniels. And yeah. like, you pay $1,400 for, for the rest of the night for no one to bluff you, basically. 1800 Okay, but what, like, yeah. that's a, that might be a good deal, where someone like, is much less likely to take a shot at you. Yeah. Um, but that's not what happens either. Are you sure he didn't turn the hand over? I'm pretty sure. I'm not. Totally I don't have sure. it up anymore. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Um, I remember when I watched it, I didn't think anything like that. Because if he turns it over, I'll immediately think, like, oh, he's doing an image thing too. Like, like he gets some extra value out of this, right? Yeah. Like, boy, it'd be really hard to think you can bluff Jake Daniels if he calls with Jack 10 high. Right? It is on the stream, though. So, I mean, they'll see it in 30 minutes if they want to. Okay. But why not turn it over right away? Yeah. Then, you know? Although maybe you think like if I if I turn over right now, then I'm saying don't bluff me, and then I'm actually more apt to right. So actually, maybe the better play is to wait the thirty yeah. minutes. Let them find out. Okay, that is that's a sign of pretty, pretty high deep. level thinking. That's yeah. pretty deep. I don't think it's I don't think it's really reasonable to assign. That. I think it's just a mistake. Yeah, me too. Just I think it was mostly Jesse Sylvia's like this known pro, and I don't want him to bully me. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, probably what happened. Yeah, I think that's right. And it's a nice way for Jesse Sylvia to make 1.8K. So I guess you're liking his bet now on the river after you see this call. Oh, well, now we, now we assume we're getting called by any pair. Yeah. Um, lots of things. Maybe, I guess Queen High also is calling us, apparently. Uh, yeah, we just clearly, clearly should be betting all the time. There can't be, he can't be bluffing enough if he's going to call with Jack High, yeah. right? Like, the, the, we're more profitable uh, by betting. Yep. All right, let's uh, see what the solver had to say. Great. <laughs> Okay, we have indeed read the analysis by Wesley Cannon. He did a great job. And let's get into it. There's, uh, there's some interesting stuff here. Some stuff that the solver really w- agrees with what we're saying. Stuff, stuff where the solver does not. I right? feel like if I were playing against the solver, I would often be like, you have that hand? Yeah. Why do you have that but hand? But come on, is, bal- is that really balanced? <laughs> yeah, that feels like you just want an excuse to go nuts. Like, yeah. Okay, so there was a lot of stuff that the solver did agree with us on. Um, as far as the flop is concerned, Sylvia checking with no kicker makes a lot of sense and yes. it wants him to bet if he has a kicker, which we also said. Yeah. Daniel's betting Jack 10 and betting small, which we loved. The solver also thinks is the best play. Mm-hmm. These are easy things. They make a lot of sense. And, but it's nice when the solver agrees with the things that feel easy, right? It's true. And, and the solver is not going to agree with all the things we thought were easy, by the way, as we continue on no, this the, hand. No, the solver is so wide in so many ways. It, yeah. It thinks that it's okay for Sylvia to check some backdoor draw hands and then call with them. We thought Sylvia would have some give-ups that were like maybe backdoor draw hands and, uh, and hoping that Daniels would check back and then Sylvia could pick up equity and, and semi-bluff the turn or something. Mm-hmm. But it actually wants him to check and then call with those hands. 
which might make you think, hmm, is Daniel's call on the river actually okay? Is this going to be okay? I mean, it is the first thing I wondered when I saw that, because it's basically saying if, if Sylvia has the four or five of hearts, he can check call yeah. on this board, which just feels really surprising to Wouldn't me. Wouldn't you just want to bet you're the aggressor well, at today's high board? I feel like in practice... Everybody bets with that hand here. Nobody check calls. They might even check raise. They check fold. Nobody check calls. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some guys who are really, you know, the Christoph Vogel sayings of the world, who are actually check calling with that hand in this spot. And they're, you know, they're because they're trying to play as balanced as possible. I have such a hard time believing that Jesse Sylvia, in his heart of hearts, is ever actually making this play. Maybe I'm wrong, though. I might be wrong. I, I, who knows? It I sure mean, feels wrong. I'm not making that play. I'll tell you that much. I don't know anyone who's making that play. Well, that kind of paints a lot of what the solver thinks, yes. you know, as far as widening ranges in the future. We'll see if it saves Daniels from solver yeah. hell. But, but it does, as you said, widen the range. And so it is going to change some of Daniels, uh, the value of some of Daniels' decisions then from what Yeah, we and it may have an impact on the turn thing yeah. that happens here where we... We thought checking back Jack-10 made plenty of sense. We didn't think on that card he had much fold equity. It wasn't a great card yeah. to bet. Um, but for balance, which the solver cares deeply about, um, the solver believes that Daniels can bet all of his King X for value. So that includes a lot of combos. He needs enough to balance that out. So it wants to semi bluff with Jack 10, no clubs. Right. Well, yeah. the other thing is now that the solver knows or believes that it's solver opponent, yeah. and Jesse Sylvie in this case has all this suited backdoor, what is now trash unless it's, it's clubs. Yeah. Right. It's, that's all those hands are going to have to fold if we bet again. Yep. Right. And if we check, we're opening the door to getting bluffed when we have Jack 10 high. Yep. So it makes a lot of sense to want to bet here. We still, of course, have equity where we can hit a queen and make Broadway too. So, so I think when you put that all together, a bet makes a lot more sense as opposed to what we were thinking about where when Jesse check calls, he always has at least a six. Yeah. Or a pair, at least, of some sort. And like, a king more likely than a six. That was part of yes. our analysis, too, because a six is more, more vulnerable, which I didn't touch on on the flop, but the solver does want to bet the six X's mm. for equity denial and, and check with the king no kickers. It, wa- it wants them to, yeah, bet the good kings and the, and the sixes. Yeah. So, like, the better and the worst stuff, but the stuff that's a little more middling. So I would guess, like, pocket tens is, is probably going to be a check, of course, as well, right? If we've got king deuce, and that's a check, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but pocket sevens is probably a bet because you want to not allow so many potential scare cards come on the turn for you. All right, let's get to the river, the big question. Here it is. Okay, Sylvia should bet for value, which we did have a question about. Yes. But um, it, it says Sylvia should bet for value because Jake can call, and once we've widened the ranges the way the solver has, of course, that makes some sense. Well, Sylvia's going to have a lot more bluffs here. Right. Right, than he did before. Yeah. Um, and Jake can actually call a lot wider than you might expect. So maybe maybe he did it okay. <laughs> Uh, apparently not. I mean, only if he's playing against the solver, but still. Then still, no. no. Still, no. the solver does not like the call. It thinks it's a bad call with yeah. Jack 10. Solver's like, wah, wah. You can call with all pairs, and you can sometimes call with queen high, but this is not good. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that feels, even queen high feels like a real stretch to I me. I mean, that if, if, if Jake had queen high and called, and Wesley gave us the analysis that was like, the solver says it's okay to call with queen high, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck this all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no, right. no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Like really practically. And this comes back to like the difference between playing against the computer and playing against an actual living human. Most of the time, they're not going to have, I think, these suited backdoor plays in them where they're going to check call the flop with them. Maybe the very best players in the world can have them more. And Sylvia, somewhere, in somewhere in that on that list, I don't know where, in top 200, top 500, I don't know exactly where, but he's a really tough, very, very good player who has fancy play syndrome, at least in the old days. Yeah. 
even him, it's hard to assign him something like seven, eight of hearts here. It's just so right. hard. Right. But ultimately, it looks like the solver liked pretty much all of Sylvia's decisions throughout the hand. Just want to reference that. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we we at least kind of liked all his decisions, yeah. right? We, we weren't we were wondering how if was it too thin a bet on the right. river, and and I, I was especially wondering that. The solver says definitely not. It actually yes. wants him to bet sixes. Well, because now it thinks queen highs and fives are calling. Yeah. Us, so of course, but I was worried that is a six even going to call if right. we check call, because which is something you should definitely be worried about if you find yourself in this spot against in, any human yeah. being <laughs> in the world. Pretty yeah. much, they're gonna. Your six is almost never good, right. right? If they if they check call flop and then bet river, unless they're super weird or yeah. don't know what they're doing, fair enough. So as we continue to do this work where we do the analysis first without knowing the solver stuff, and then we learn the solver stuff, I think this is going to happen a lot. Yeah, where it's like the solver wants him to to be that wide in that spot, and it's it's all basically for the sake of balance, I think ultimately, which is often something that you need against good players, but also so rarely applied to this extent in real poker. And, and to be clear, I mean, the solver wants him to check call hands like that because otherwise his check calling range is too obvious, yes. right? So that's what's going on. So it wants him to have some ways out of this problem um, when we check call where we don't just have a king or a bad ace all the time, yeah. right? Which is mostly what we're going to have before Sylvia. Two jacks, whatever. Stuff that's pretty face up. And so here we are now. We have the seven, eight of hearts. We're very much not face up. It just is, in practice, we almost always are going to bet that on this flop. Right. Because it's such an easy flop to win with, you know, like ace, king, six, rainbow. Like, we just win all the time. Yep. So, anyway. So, interesting stuff. Yeah. If you guys want to see Wesley's full write-up, make sure you use that link uh, to join our Discord server, where, of course, as I said earlier, we have all the different hands will have their own threads, and uh, the solver guys... Danny and Wesley will be posting their work there. Yeah, so you can get in there and chat about the hands. Give us your thoughts on it. If you think we'll we're be wrong, in there too. Yeah, if you think we're wrong, let us know. We we want to hear it. Yeah, and we'll, we we'll just have it. a nice conversation with you. Yeah, and if you're mean to us, we'll cry. Yeah, well, obviously we'll cry. Yeah, but you won't see it. But unless, you'll hear unless it. you request a video of it, and then we have to because of Discord rules. Also, Discord has a uh, an audio function, so we can actually go into a room where you can hear us, and you can hear us cry. All right, Jonathan, but. What what's stopping you, Jonathan Levy, from yeah. from watching Love Actually and recording yourself <laughs> during the cue card scene? Oh God! And weeping loudly and just using and like you know recording that audio and then using that instead of actually having these new original tears for the insults that you've received on Discord. Like you know, people aren't going to believe if it always sounds like you're crying because of love and actualization. I, I got to tell you, I like. Didn't even hear most of the things you just said. As soon as you said the cue card scene, I've just been thinking about it. Say it's Carol Singers, you know, like Kira Knightley, just looking at him. And he's so desperately in love with her, but doesn't even really know her. It's beautiful and heartbreaking and, and creepy all at the same time. I'm crying right now. You can record this, I'm maybe. crying right now. Oh, this is actually being recorded. So now, now none of you can know <laughs> if your insults actually hurt, Jonathan. Well, if, I've, if I go through this speech... Then you'll know that I was. Here's how. Here's how we verify it. This is pretty easy. When you're recording your crying audio file, when sure. you know user X nine five says, <laughs> it turns out Jonathan is just as stupid as I thought, and it makes yeah. you very unhappy. Yeah. You you have to say this is because user X nine five said it turns out Jonathan is as stupid as I thought, and that way they'll know it's true. Uh, that's so much. That means I have to. If I'm watching Love Actually and I'm recording it, I'll have to like 
know all the names of the people in the Discord server and like say it all while I'm watching and crying to like, and then I can hit the recording for it. And then, that seems like it's going to be more work than actually doing it each time you get insulted. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll have to find out. I guess we'll find out. We'll see you there. Yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.